chapter 5. We're going to start with a uh, reading a passage there. Uh, getting back to talking about some Bible doctrine and our discussion uh, today and at least next week is going to be in regards uh, to Satan, his origin and work mainly today. <clears throat> well, let's read 1 Peter 5 and let's start with verses 6 through 9. 1 Peter 5 and we'll start reading verse 6 through 9. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren or brotherhood in the world. Let's pray. Father, again, we ask that you would help us this morning as we come into your word and as we uh, deal with the subject of Satan. I pray that it would uh, actually help us greatly, Lord, as we uh, talk about him and, and his fall and, and his work. And Lord, that it would help us as your people to understand his workings, that it might help us, Lord, to not be ignorant of his devices. Uh, that we might be able to understand, uh, Lord, uh, the things and the tactics that He uses, and that it would help us to be a better defense against Him in our life and to not ever be used of Him as well. Uh, Father, help us, I pray, to grow in the faith, to learn to resist Satan. In Jesus' name we pray, that name above every name, and amen. Now, there's actually a lot we could really learn just from these verses alone in regard to uh, Satan himself and our response to him. Uh, we're encouraged here in the Word of God to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Uh, we need to be humble. I guarantee you if we uh, start lifting ourselves up in pride just as Satan did, then we will fall like Satan. Uh, if we want to be uh, in a good battle against Satan, we must learn to walk humbly. Uh, so we need to make sure we're doing that. Uh, also, we learn some other things here as well. Not only to walk humbly with the Lord, but in verse 7 it says, Casting all your care upon Him. Casting all your care upon the Lord, for He cares for you. One of the ways that we overcome Satan in our life is to live in a reality that God cares about us. Because you know what? God or Satan does not want you to believe that God cares. And, and so because if he doesn't believe, if we do not believe that God cares about us, then what do we do? We carry those burdens ourselves. And so humble yourself, casting all your care upon the Lord, knowing that he cares for you. Uh, that's one of the ways we uh, guard against Satan and fight against him in our life. Walk humbly and give our cares to the Lord. Verse 8, we're told to be sober, be alert, be vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion. Satan is a roaring lion. We need to be alert, awake at all times. Uh, when we're sleeping uh, spiritually and we're not alert, we don't have our eyes open, we're not watching, being prayerful, then we become easy prey for Satan. And we need to make sure uh, that we do not. Uh, resist him steadfast in the faith. Let us resist Satan by trusting in the Lord and the, the Word of God as we have faith in it. 
And then also we're helped to resist Satan knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by our brethren or brotherhood in the world. We're not alone in this fight, in this spiritual fight against Satan. So there's just really a lot to learn really about Satan himself as a roaring lion, walking about, his desire to devour, all of those things and how that we can resist him. But in this lesson, we're really going to look at more of the origin of Satan. We're going to go back and look at his beginnings. I look a little bit at his fall and, and his current work. It's important for us to say, why would we talk about Satan in church? <laughs> well, that's a really good question, but I believe it's important for us to acknowledge Satan. His, his existence is important to understand that. It's important to understand that you have a real enemy in your life. You might be living a pretty good life. Things are going well. You look at your life and say, well, I don't have too many enemies in my life. I assure you, have a, you have a great enemy, and his name is Satan. We need to understand the enemy. In spiritual warfare, it's good to know your enemy. Uh, if you're going to fight a good battle of war, uh, you need to know your enemy. I mean, that's what, what, if you're in warfare, you want to know your enemy. You want to know his devices. You, know, you want to know his artillery. You want to know his approach. Uh, you want to know as much as you can about him so that you can be defended uh, or defend yourself uh, against him. Understanding our enemy is beneficial to being able to overcome his devices. Uh, Paul definitely teaches us the importance of knowing Satan when he says, uh, lest Satan should get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. That passage is actually found where Paul is encouraging them uh, to forgive. Uh, remember the church at Corinth at first in 1 Corinthians 5 was told to put out the man that was involved in sexual immorality. Well, he repents and gets things right. And then in chapter uh, in 2 Corinthians, he's encouraging them to take him back after he's repented. And he says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, we're not ignorant of his devices. And that context is where he's uh, teaching uh, them not to be overly severe. This man has repented and come back. And so uh, forgive him and receive him. And so it's important for us to uh, know a little bit about the work of Satan, what his goals are, what his origin is, and, and, and those kind of things, because it helps us. Uh, in reality, uh, we, we need to understand that, that, that he is real. Um, I, I'm amazed, a lot of people don't even think that Satan is a real entity at all, a real spiritual entity at all. Um, I, I like what uh, Randy Smith said. He said, Satan would love nothing more than for you and I to pretend he doesn't exist or acknowledge his existence and take his assault on you lightly. You know, he he wants to know what he's trying to devour us. He, he would also like to see you buckle under fear at his threats or defend yourself using worldly and man-made tactics. All of those things, I think, are true. Uh, we're not talking about Satan because we need to be afraid of him, but we do need to know his desire. We need to know his tactics. And we also do not need to act like that we can stand against Satan on our own. We can't do that at all. We are told to put on the whole armor of God. We need the strength of the Lord to resist him. Let's go back here and let's look at a little bit of the, the origin of Satan. Uh, we're not going to turn. We have a lot of scripture references up here. We'll only turn to those that are in bold again. There's just so many. Uh, we would spend a lot of time just flipping back and forth a lot. Uh, but first of all, I think you would know this. Uh, regarding the origin of Satan, is he was made by God. He is not self-existent. He did not create himself or anything like that. Uh, he was made by God. Colossians 1, uh, 16 is very clear uh, that all things were made uh, by the Lord 
uh, through Jesus and for Him. That's all things. Uh, it's a definitely a, a mystery to us. Uh, as No matter how young you may be or how old you may be, uh, I think one of the most uh, common questions that are sometimes asked by kids that can be very hard to answer uh, is why did God make the devil? <laughs> I mean, if God knew everything as He does uh, and, and all of that, then why would God make Him? Uh, it may be a question that we don't ever get a satisfying answer to in, in this life. I don't know. Um, we may labor and struggle trying to, to grasp uh, for an answer there. Uh, but you also have to, if you take that question, you have to remember other things about God. Uh, it's important to help us uh, to make sure we get at least uh, a good foundational understanding of God so we'll understand maybe why He made Satan. Uh, but Habakkuk 1.13 says, of the Lord, you are of pure eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. And so it's important for us to remember, you know, the nature of God whenever we ask questions like that. You know, why did God make the devil? It's a very legitimate question, and maybe you can ask him one day face to face, and, and uh, I'm sure he'll give us an answer. Um, or maybe we won't have that question at all by the time we see the Lord. I don't know. Uh, but I do know this. The Word of God teaches that God is holy. And God hates sin. God is righteous. We know that. Um, you know, man does the same thing, though, doesn't he? I mean, God made man, and, and not, not too many people ask that same question. Well, why would God make man? You know, man, man is very ungodly uh, in his natural state and very unrighteous. Um, but we don't blame God for that, do we? No, we know that man chose to sin against God. And likewise, Satan chose to sin against God. God is pure, and to behold evil, He, he hates iniquity. Um, likewise, 1 John 1, 5 says, This is a message that we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. So we need to have that foundational understanding of the nature of God when we have questions like that. It's a good question, why would God make Satan? If I could sum it up in one answer, it would have to be based upon what is said in Colossians 1.16, He created everything through Jesus and for Him. With Revelations 4.11, He has created all things, why? For His glory. And maybe that's not sufficient for you. Uh, maybe uh, not, but it should be. Though we don't understand it, God made Satan for His own glory. Uh, secondly, I want you to think about this, that Satan is a fallen angel. As I think about this, it amazes me um, how far uh, Satan has fallen. How far he has fallen. Uh, Jesus talks about you know, the devil and his angels. Jesus mentions them in Matthew 25, 41. Uh, the scriptures teach that when Satan fell, he took a host of angels with him when he fell. You know, that, that should teach us something. It should teach us a lot of things. One of the things it should teach us is the powerful influence of Satan. That with him, that with him, that those other angels would fall uh, with him. Uh, so that the, Jesus talks about the devil and his angels. He has powers uh, that, that serve underneath him. They are his angels. They are his followers of the spiritual uh, Nature, in 
Ephesians chapter 6, we're familiar with this passage a little bit, but I want to turn there and read that. Ephesians chapter 6, talking about our spiritual uh, warfare here. Uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the methods of the devil. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of different ways. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Now listen, he's not just talking about wicked rulers as in presidents or, or, or kings or people in authority. There are legions of, of angels, demonic forces out there, powers of darkness that our eyes cannot even see against spiritual hosts, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'm talking about in heaven itself, but in heavenly places, in, in the atmosphere around us. If our eyes were open this morning, we would see things we wish we would never have seen. But at the same time, not only would we see, I think, Satan's host of angels, we'd also see God's host of angels. I'd kind of like to see that. And one day our eyes are going to be open to this spiritual realm. But Satan has his methods and means of spiritual warfare, and he has powers and rulers of darkness. Therefore, we're called upon there to put on the whole armor of God. Folks, we do not need to be lazy in our spiritual walk. We cannot be lazy. We're told in 1 Peter 5 that he walks about as a warring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That was written to Christians. Now ultimately, he can't devour us in the sense of taking our soul to hell. We are secure in Jesus Christ, but we give him an inch in this life, he can become a ruler in our life if we're not careful. We've got to be careful. And he can do a lot of harm in our life presently if we do not surrender to the authority of God and His Word and to the Lord Jesus Christ and we begin to drift away from Christ and like Peter himself and, and walk further away from the Lord and, and then we do things we wish we'd have never done and weep bitterly over. He can devour us in that sense. But ultimately, He cannot devour us completely. And I'm thankful for that. But that doesn't should not make us want to be lazy in our spiritual warfare. Well, Satan ultimately can't steal my soul, so I'm not worried about it. Listen, we need to be engaged in spiritual warfare, putting on the whole armor of God and fight against Him in the power and strength of the might of the Lord, taking that shield of faith and taking the sword of the Spirit and all the other armor there listed in Ephesians 6. But a fallen angel... Turn to Isaiah 14, if you would. I believe this is an account of uh, Satan's fall. Isaiah 14. Now, the context of Isaiah 14 is speaking of the king of Babylon, but when you read it, it's also pretty obvious to me. In this passage, we see um, the fall of Satan himself. Uh, that's what most theologians agree to, and I agree to. Um, but let, let's read this. We learn a little bit about him and his fall. Isaiah 14 and verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. 
you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Notice all the I wills. I mean, he's very stubborn, isn't he? And he's also very self-centric. I will be like the Most High. Yet, he says, you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? I mean, I think one day we're going to see, we're going to look at Satan and we're going to say, this is the guy that caused so much trouble? When you look at him in comparison to God, I guarantee you, you're going to say that. Who shook the kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? I mean, so definitely this is speaking of Satan or as Lucifer, we may call him. Um, I, th- I think about this in regards to, to Satan and it says, how you are fallen from heaven. We might just kind of brush over that. I mean, here is a, a man who, who we'll see in a moment it was, is an angel that was there above the Lord, not above the Lord in the sense above him uh, in position, but above him as he was there right there at the throne as a chair maybe would, would cover around the throne of God. How far you have fallen from heaven, O Satan. I mean, imagine how far he has fallen. I, I think so much about the, some of the Proverbs that talks about only by pride comes a fall. And what a great fall it is that Satan was lifted up in pride and how far he did fall. And here's something we must keep in mind that as we see this about Satan, that we see his pride is revealed here in his heart in verse 13 through through 14. We see this pride in him and it led to his fall. Only by pride comes a fall. And he has fallen because of his pride. And it's a warning to us. Remember back in uh, Peter Chapter 5, what did he start off saying? He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He, God, may exalt you in due time. We don't need to exalt ourselves. God will exalt us as he, if He chooses to exalt us in any way. We must humble ourselves underneath the mighty hand of God. But Satan wouldn't do that. He says, I will exalt myself. And so whenever we fill our, our lives up with self and it's all about us and us being exalted, us being seen, and us being in charge, that's what Satan wanted. I will ascend on the mount of the congregation. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Satan wanted to be in charge. He wanted to be over God. And so we need to take warning of that as Christians, right? If we are thinking like that, That's satanic thinking, where we say, I will do my thing. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be in charge of my life and do my thing. That's exactly what Satan did. That's exactly what he would want you to do. I do not want to surrender to God. I don't want to do it God's way. I want to do it my way. That is the way Satan Thinks, and we think like him when we think like that. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 28, if you would. Ezekiel 28. Again, the, the context is, is speaking of the king of Tyre, uh, but definitely when you read it, uh, it has more connotation and spiritual meaning than that. Ezekiel 28 and verse 12. 
son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and, uh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Oftentimes when we think about Satan, we think about you know the old devil with red and horns on his head and a pitchfork in his hand. Folks, he, he is a, a beautiful created being of God. I, th I think that whole image that we have of Satan and the cartoon characters and stuff, it just helps us to really not see him for, for how that he can transform into an angel of light. But anyhow, verse 13, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis and topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire and turquoise and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. And so here we see definitely Satan as created by God. He was created a beautiful being with precious stones. I don't even know what all that means. It's talking about his clothing he was robed with, or it's actually part of his person. Uh, but the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes uh, implies music. And so it's believed by many theologians that, that Satan was in charge of the music, of the worship of God through instrument. And, and just knowing that, we can definitely see how much Satan uses today music uh, to garnish followers to, and all of those things. Um, go on in verse 13. You were the anointed cherub who covers if this indeed is talking about Satan as it appears to be, he was the anointed cherub who covers there around the throne of God. What a privilege of opportunity to be so close to the Almighty and to be created with such beauty. Oh, Lucifer, how you have fallen from heaven. How far he has fallen. It says, You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. He goes on to talk about him here. He says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. So where does violence come from? Right here. You and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Well, I mean, people do that today, don't they? The heart get all exalted in themselves. Well, I'm just, I'm just so beautiful. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. That's prophetic. That's going to happen one day when the nations of the earth see Satan at the end laying there we're like, that's the one? That's the one that uh, deceived the nations? That's his end right there. You know, but Satan has obviously been created here with, with the talent of music as God made him. We can't imagine, I love good godly music, but we just couldn't imagine the music that would come forth from Satan around God as a holy cherub. And God made those instruments. He created those and made them for, for Satan in whatever capacity it is, or as part of his person, or just something that he carried, musical instruments he had with him, uh, whatever it may be in his creation, 
that God has made him, but he was created with the purpose of glorifying God with music. Listen, Satan wants us to, to waste our life just as he's wasted his. As I see how God created Satan and, and made him for this purpose, I mean, what a purpose to have from God to be made with that purpose in mind, as we've mentioned that God made him for, and then to, to waste that and to throw that away because you're so full of yourself and you don't want to do what God has made you to do. Sometimes people in this life do the exact same thing, don't they? God has made them for the purpose. God has made us for the purpose that we might bring Him glory and sing Him praises and glorify Him with our mouth and with our ability of music or, or to sing to give praise. He's made us for that purpose. This may not sit well with, with us at all, not even myself at times, but we need to keep in mind that, that there's really only two people you can really serve. It is the Lord and Satan. So be careful of your music. Be careful of your music. I'm not against all music, you know, that it's not necessarily gospel-centric. I think there's music that can encourage love between your wife and, and husband and all those things, and there's fun music and things like that. But folks, I guarantee you that, that, that Satan loves to use music, loves to use music to get him attention. Let's move on here. Um, Satan's fall is really traced to the sin of pride and rebellion. Uh, he wants to usurp God's throne, as seen in Isaiah. He is self-willed. His desire is to become like God. His desire is to become the authority, the authority and the power. As Satan was first created uh, as a being to, to bring God glory, he rebelled against God by his own free choice. He chose to go against the Almighty. And no doubt this is probably why, why Jesus told the Pharisees, He said uh, this, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. And I think the beginning, speaking of the beginning of time when God made man, okay? I think Satan fell long before creation. Anyhow, so a murderer from the beginning, I think a beginning of creation uh, as we know it here and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources or of himself, for he is a liar and the father of it. And so remember that Jesus says Satan is the father of lies. And so when we lie, when we deceive, uh, we're being uh, like uh, the devil. So Satan was originally created as a holy angel, but fell by his own willful disobedience and rebellion against the government of God in his life. Sin can trace its origin to Satan. Now we'll get into this a little bit this morning. I uh, have about 10, 15 minutes here. So uh, the work of Satan. Now as we know in Genesis 3, 1 through 5, Satan is the one who introduces sin into the human family. And it's something that's worthy of looking at for just a minute here this morning because we learned something about him and what he still does today. In Genesis 3, uh, 1 through 5, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning 
uh, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the servant, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. There's a lot going on here in regards to her interpretation of what God actually said. Uh, but verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. I tell you what, I think that's a lie that, God, that Satan is still telling people today. Not just a spiritual death, but physical death. People live like they're going to live forever in this world. You shall not surely die. Why, death, they don't want to think about it. It's like a lie they're still believing. For God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Be like God, knowing good and evil. Who wants to be like God? Well, Satan does. He wants to replace God. And he got man to fall with, with, with the thought that he could be like God if he went against God. Exactly what Satan did. So really, in essence, he, he used the same thing against mankind as what caused him to fall as well. But here we see Satan introduces sin into the human family. And one of the things he does to cause this to happen is to cause Eve to doubt the promise of the Word of God. To doubt God's Word. Listen, Satan wants us to doubt this book. He wants you to think that it's not the Word of God or to doubt what it says. Now, we know that Satan's ultimate desire is really to overcome God. I think that's his desire in even tempting mankind. At the very end, what's Satan going to do? He's going to gather up all the men, people that are on the earth at that time to what? for what? To fight against God. And God, Jesus, is going to immediately destroy them all. I think Satan's trying to build an army, and he's trying to do it with man. I tell you what, that's very foolish. Very foolish. But Satan, from the very beginning, has wanted to overcome God, and he's taken, he thinks he's taken man's creation, or God's creation, man, and is going to do that. So he has a plan to overpower God by using God's creation against himself. And so he's deceiving the nations. He's deceiving the armies of the earth to, to one day come up against God in a great battle. Satan's ultimate desire is to take God's throne. And, and he is seeking to use man somehow to accomplish that in, in his ways. I don't know what he has in mind. If he, if he thinks he's going to get God to sin or what, I do not know. But Satan wants to be in charge. Satan wants to be in charge, right? And he wants to be in charge of your life. He wants you to serve him. Say, well, Satan doesn't care who I serve. Oh, yes, he does. Satan cares who you serve. Satan wants us to be like him. And one of the things he wants us to do that's like him is to lead others to sin against God. That's what he did as he led Eve and Adam to sin against God. Guess what? When you, you're listening, kids, you're being a bad friend. If you are leading your friends to want to sin against God. That's what Satan does. Well, let's look at this next one. This may be as far as we get today. But here's something we don't really understand so far 
as Satan goes, is how he possesses and controls the world that is opposed, that is opposed to God. Um, the temptation of Christ in Matthew chapter 4 is very interesting with how Jesus is tempted by Satan there. In Matthew 4, as, as Jesus is being tempted by Satan, it says in verse 8, Again, the devil took him, Jesus, up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. I think that Satan sees Jesus. He, sees, he knows he's God. He's in the flesh. He thinks somehow he's going to be weak. And here's his time to strike. Because that's what Satan, that's all Satan wants. Satan wants God to bow before him. It's not going to happen. If you fall, bow down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. When Satan comes at you and wants you to bow before him, his, his will uh, for your life, then we must say, no, not so, Satan. I shall worship the Lord my God only, and Him only can I serve. That's how we resist Him. But God has given Satan some dominion here over this worldly system. And be certain of this. I don't know if somebody said this the other day, but I don't know who said it. Say, well, Satan really isn't concerned about our worship. I believe he is. Satan wants our worship. And he, he will try to get it any way he can. And as he diverts your worship away from God, I think he thinks that's his. No matter what it is, you just worship, if you just do not worship God, I think in Satan's mind, he says, that's mine. I did that. They're not bowing before God. That's exactly what I want. Because he doesn't want you to worship the true and living God. So be certain of this. Satan will do everything in his power or his influence in this world and use anything in this world to keep you from the worship of the Lord. Right? <laughs> exactly. Folks, worship the Lord. That's, what we're, that's our created purpose is for worship. And to fulfill the purpose that God has for us in our life, we need to worship the Lord. And any time we choose not to worship the Lord, I think the devil sees that as that's a win for him in his mind. Listen, Satan has a long rope that God has put him on in this world. Satan is called the prince of this world by Jesus in John 12, 31, 14, 30, and 16, 11. Paul calls the devil the god of this world. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And also let's read together 1 John 5. First John 5, 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, 
and we are in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. God has definitely given Satan a long rope, if you would. I don't know how to say that. Because I believe ultimately God's in charge. But at the same time, He's given Satan some freedom and dominion over this world. Satan has been granted this by God to rule as a prince and God of this world. And his desire is to turn this whole world against Christ and the word of truth. So does Satan want to maintain, does he want to control, if you would, the people of this earth? You bet he does. He's all about controlling. And so when he sees one leaving the that the worldly kingdom and becoming part of God's kingdom, he's definitely going to fight against them greatly. It's a spiritual warfare. Satan is out there. He's controlling the elements of this world and the, the, the spiritual wickedness in high places. And be certain of this. Satan wants your worship. He wants you to submit to him to his ideology, his worldly way of thinking. Folks, we only have two to submit to. We either submit to God, his rule, his power, his authority, or we submit to the devil. There's no other place to submit. So I, I don't believe in the devil or uh, God. I just submit to myself. I'm my own person, whether that, well, you have submitted to the devil in your way of thinking. There's only two. So who are we following? Who are we trusting in? Who are we surrendering to? It's so sad, really, how far Satan has fallen. But it's sad as well how far man has fallen away from how God made him. Now what I want for us is I want us to, of course, to be aware of Satan's devices. I want us to not be ignorant of his devices. And I want us to understand that we are made by God. We are made by the Lord. We are created in the image of God. You think, well, wow, how wonderful Satan was, how God created him. I believe that man, though created lower than the angels, is created better than the angels. Why? Because we are made in the very image of God. So in some sense, man has fallen farther than even the angels themselves did, as Satan did. But we are made by God. He is our creator. Let us seek to live after what our created purpose is and to give God glory in our life. To not be lifted with pride, but to walk humbly with the Lord. To not be in rebellion against Him. To, to lead a life of righteousness and holiness. To, to not tempt others to sin. To seek to not to be under the control of Satan in our life, but to surrender our lives completely under the lordship and leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan hates God. <laughs> and he wants to do everything in our life to turn us against him. And when people turn away from the Lord and begin to walk away from him, Satan rejoices in that. And we should never, ever rejoice in that. But seek, of course, to restore the fallen. There's other things about Satan we'll get to, Lord willing, next week. But one thing just to keep in mind, 
as Satan accuses God's people. <laughs> so we don't want to be like that. We'll look at that, begin to look at that next week, Lord willing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I ask that you would help us this morning. Lord, I don't even like talking about Satan, <laughs> but he's in your word, and you have told us to preach and to teach the whole counsel of God. And your word and your counsel teaches us about Satan and who he is. And we're taught, Lord, to not surrender to him, to follow him, not to yield to him, not be ignorant of him and his ways. Help us, Lord, to have eyes to see, Lord, his tactics and his methods uh, and how he might approach us as individuals, as a family, as a church. Help us to be mindful that we are in a spiritual warfare and we cannot win this battle. Uh, on our own we know the ultimate battle is already won in the person of christ and our souls are secure and so the ultimate war has been won for us but lord as we have a spiritual warfare here in this life in this battle i pray that we would lord seek to put on the whole armor of god that would go in the strength and the power of your might and that we would uh, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of jesus christ Help us, Lord, not to be ignorant of Satan's devices and, and his way to tempt us to sin, his way to want us to get us to exalt ourselves, not surrender to, to, the, to you, Lord. Help us, Father, I pray, to go forth and, and to do spiritual battle every day by being in the Word and by praying and taking up uh, the whole armor of God and, and to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Lord, help us to, to engage and to not turn and run help us father to fight a good fight of faith to finish our course well to finish our course well help us to stand up for jesus christ and the word and righteousness and help us lord i pray to look out for the lost that are out there and to go out with the gospel as it is the only means to redeem fallen man that has fallen so far help us i pray lord I pray to be a church that's close together, that looks out for the sheep, lest Satan and his devices as a wily wolf come and destroy the flock. Help us, Lord, I pray, to follow you, to love you, to serve you, and to, Lord, to yield to your authority always in our life. In Jesus' name, and amen. Let's all stand, please.